0: Well, good morning, church family. Good afternoon, whenever you are choosing to stream this. Ah, That's better. Some of you, I have not had the honor of meeting. My name is Cheyenne Davis, and I serve on staff here as the director of parent ministry. And I get to hang out with us as we discuss our last series on mindset. And here's what we're going to do today. Things are changing so quickly. I have whiplash. If I were to look at the news and everything happening around me, there is so much uncertainty. So our question that we are going to be wrestling with today is how can you and I figure out how to chase clarity in a time that is constantly changing? When Rick and I kind of talked about what I would say today or what God has to say um, today to you, I was thinking, I have a lot of celebrations When it comes to my parenting and my family, this pandemic has gifted so much. It's gifted moments to us that we were not promised before March 13th. I have so many things to celebrate. And then I started thinking about my struggles and can't we all kind of get stuck in our struggles? And so that's kind of where I got stuck at when I started thinking about what God had to say today and also today. And one of the biggest struggles is this. I've really forgotten how to behave in front of people. Like, it's really difficult. I had to watch a YouTube video this morning to put my eyeshadow on. I have electrical tape holding my shirt together. You're welcome. And I even have a great reminder in my beautiful daughter and the house in the last couple of weeks. My daughter has said, Mommy, is that a no no word? Yes, yes, it is. That is a no no word. She's even really dialed in even closer. And a couple weeks ago she said, Mommy, is that one of those words that you can say but I can't say? And of course it was one of those words. So listen, I know the work that God has to do in me and in all of us. That being said, if I say anything that needs a follow-up, if you have comments, complaints, questions, I want to invite you to send an email to my personal email, and I would be happy to follow up with you. My personal email is rick at pathway dot church i can't wait to hear from you go ahead and grab your bibles we are going to be all over the place today some of which we will put on the screen for you and some of which we will have in our message notes so you can kind of follow along but first let's pray god we know that when any of us come before you that it is our goal to move out of the way so that you can do what only you can do with the moments that we have here. So, God, we pray that as we open your word that you would show us something new, something fresh, something that you have for each of us to use today because, God, you are a God of new things and a God of movement and a God of resolution. So we thank you, and we cannot wait to hear what you have for us today. Amen. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles or on your devices. We're going to first camp out in James 1, verses 2 through 4. And this is a verse that rang true in so many circles when pandemic hit on March 13th. And this verse says this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance Finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I was so proud of this community and of this church when pandemic hit. Everyone, every single person globally, you were evicted from your comfort zone. But from that, I have seen creativity and amazingness come out of people that I am just completely in awe of. Some of you are absolutely crushing it. But if I were to be honest, and I'm definitely going to be honest here, when I look back on this season, I've had a lot of struggles. And let's go ahead and head to Romans chapter 7, verse 15. And Paul does such, the apostle Paul does so many good things, but here is a verse that he leaves us, chapter 7, verse 15 in Romans. Paul says this, I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do I do not do, but what I hate to do, and if I do what I do not want to do, why? In one word, confusion. Upon reflection, there are so many things that I've been thankful for in this season. But sadly, the mindset that I have constantly defaulted to is confusion. And now this verse alone is amazing. But if we kind of take a peek behind the scenes of what's happening in Paul's world as he is saying this, he's talking to a community of people. And this community of people that Paul is addressing right here in this this chunk of chapter 7, Paul's addressing a community that knew an old way of living. And then Jesus came. And he provided this new way of living. And Paul is trying to interrupt the confusion that's being caused. Because the community of people is trying to reconcile the old way of life they knew with the new way of life they knew. And Paul is encouraging us that we have to let go of what was. If we are truly going to embrace what is. And isn't that true of today? This is a confusing time. Let's just take a look back at the genesis of when all of this happened. When pandemic hit, everyone needs to stay at home. Leave the house for no reason. That's super clear, right? I got that. Unless, of course, you have a reason to leave, and then, of course, you may leave. Well, that's a little confusing. You should socially, physically distance yourself from others. You should avoid large gatherings. Got it. Except, of course, the reason that you leave the house will probably take you to the place where everyone is at, the grocery store. That's a little confusing. Kids, you have an extended spring break. That is clearly exciting. Parents, spring break is over. All of your roles, you being an employee, a spouse, a stay-at-home parent. All of those roles are colliding right now, and the education of your child depends on you. What? Like, we are living in confusing times. Here's the most recent one. In the beginning of this, I did not have to wear a mask, but today masks are required for me to keep others safe. You and I can get stuck And polarizing information and it clouds our mind where we cannot see straight so my question is why do you and I start there it really reminds me of when you and I go to the optometrist and they put these like crazy-looking glasses on us and they say here's an image let's look at an image like it would like we would be looking at it from an optometrist look in this image there is a pathway if we were to tell you Here's the keys to a race car. Get it as high as you can go. There is a road. Here's the keys. Take off. Can you confidently take off on that path that you cannot see and ensure the safety of yourself and of others? No. Why would we do that? Why would you and I take off 200 miles an hour down a road we cannot even see? But don't you and I do it all the time? How often do you and I have a conversation with someone that we love without a clear mind? How often do you and I make decisions when we are not clear on everything that we need to consider? How often do you and I just take off, not worried, about the fact that we could hurt ourselves and others along the journey. We all have a responsibility to interrupt confusion in our lives. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul was doing. We have a responsibility to do that, and so that's what we will do today. If we really wanna get clearer, and let's just be super clear now, the picture that we saw earlier is not what needs to be fixed. It's our mindset. And if we are going to do the work that God is calling us to do, we have a responsibility to to get clear. And now some of these things uh, we have heard throughout the series, but the first thing in your notes, you can write it down however you want to, but if we are going to get clear and interrupt confusion in our lives, we have to let my foundation be love. But I get it. How easy is it for us to tell people what we think about them, how we feel about them, without ever putting on the lens of love? We have a really perfect picture of what love looks like through Jesus. One of the things that I've really appreciated during pandemic is I did not feel like I had to rush at all through Easter. I was able to really sit and spend time at the feet of Jesus, which is what we're about to do right now. We're going to put a verse up in just a second, but not now. But it is verse 23, it's in chapter 23, 24 of Luke and in this story, this is Jesus' crucifixion story and it's a beautiful picture of love. When we get to this part of where Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Let's take a peek behind what had happened. Jesus had been assaulted, wrongly accused, insulted. He had been stripped of his clothing. They put clothes of a king on him and mocked him, and then he went on his last walk. During this last walk there were people that were protesting everything they disliked about Jesus very loudly, very hatefully, and a small crowd walked alongside these people in protest still loving everything about Jesus. As Jesus hung on the cross, insults were still being hurled at him. In fact, as he hung there, he was watching people divide up his clothes because they knew that he was about to die. And in that moment, Jesus said, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. How can someone that has been humiliated, assaulted, insulted, hurt, betrayed? How can he say those words and it's clear? Jesus didn't start with what was happening around him. Jesus was rooted in the deep love that God has for him and he was rooted in the deep love that he has for his neighbors which is us. How often does someone disagree with us, offend us, humiliate us assault us, insult us, put us on blast on social media? How many times do those things happen that we are quick to respond and love, or do we do something different? In the beginning days of my ministry, someone saw, taught me a, an amazing tool that I would love to share with you today. Paul, the Apostle Paul, gives us a very beautiful picture of what love looks like in 1 Corinthians 14, I'm sorry, 13, verses 4 through 7. Some of you have heard it, some of you may not, but we're just going to read it together. This is a great lens of love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, not easily angered, and keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth it always protects, always trusts, and always hopes, and always perseveres. If you really want to do a mindset check, every week I challenge you to do this. Pull out your Bible, open it to 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7. And everywhere you see the word love, put your name. Everywhere you see the word it, Put your name, and it sounds a little like this. Cheyenne is patient and kind. Cheyenne does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, does not dishonor others, and is not self-seeking. You can check your social media post to see if that's true about you. It is not easily angered and keeps no record of wrongs. We can ask our close personal friends, our family, our children, our spouses this question. Cheyenne does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. Cheyenne always protects, trusts, hopes, and perseveres. You and I can make a big old mess when we operate from a place of confusion. We can create a lot of havoc in our lives when we take off down the path and we are not clear as to where God is clearly calling us. We have a responsibility to interrupt confusion and chase clarity through the lens Of love. Another note that we can chase clarity is to let the Holy Spirit be my guide. Let's go ahead and hop over to John chapter 14, verses 16 through 17. And it says this I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And my favorite translation is, he is in you. You and I can make a mess when we don't operate from the lens of understanding that the Holy Spirit is with us and within us. And sometimes we put on the lens of loneliness and we allow loneliness to be our guide. We can end up in train wreck relationships affairs, addictions, super bad habits when we allow loneliness to be our guide. And it's ever so subtle. If you have ever thought the thought, I'm alone, interrupt that thought because it's wrong. If you have ever thought, no one sees me, interrupt it. And trust, trust what Jesus is saying in John and the fact that we have a helper with us. Even when we are physically away from everyone, we are never spiritually alone. And that is enough for us to be able to take the steps confidently in the direction that God is calling us. We can also make a big old mess when we are operating out of the lens of zero accountability. When pandemic hit, again, lots of great things happened. People are crushing it out there. But I was not crushing it at all. In fact, I was texting people, calling people, checking on people, and they were doing great. And then the cynicism in me was like, why is everybody else doing so good? Why am I doing terrible? I had begun to operate from the lens that no one was watching and that God wasn't watching. And the change is ever so subtle. I stopped waking up to do my quiet time in the mornings. I stopped putting daytime pants on to have Zoom meetings. I stopped putting makeup on to have Zoom meetings, and before long, I was wrapped up in confusion thinking, no one is here to hold me accountable, so why try? It wasn't until my husband looked in our Amazon cart one day, and he never does this, but I'm so thankful he did because it popped in a reminder that I do have accountability built into my life. That's not just him, but the Holy Spirit. And when he looked in the Amazon cart, he came out and he was like, babe, we got to talk about your spending. I was like, why? He's like, because you have a diet pill and Oreos in the cart right now. And I laughed because this is what happens when so many of us operate from a place of confusion. We decide to start medicating our mistakes in a way that just creates more confusion. And it reminded me that we have a responsibility to chase clarity even when things are super confusing, let the Holy Spirit be our guide. We can make such a mess when we allow loneliness and zero accountability to be our guide. We have a responsibility to really trust in the words that God has left us, that Jesus is saying right here that I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you. And if this is you, if you are in the trenches of the nastiness of your thoughts, we have someone right there. Our prayer team is ready to receive you and ready to pray with you. We have pastors that are going to meet in the crossing right after this to talk to you and pray with you. If you are operating through the lens that you are by yourself with the thoughts that you have, please stop. Interrupt that thought and connect. Connection is huge right now. And you may be thinking, I don't have anyone to connect with. We're telling you right now, there is a church that is ready to connect with you and pray with you, meet you after the service if you are watching with us on Sunday. Email info at pathway.church. Do not stay alone with the thoughts that are ambushing you. And that's exactly what loneliness and accountability will do. It will ambush you hard. You have to interrupt it. It will whisper lies in your ear that you need things that you don't need. Interrupt loneliness as soon as it crosses your mind. Interrupt the fact that no one is watching you or the idea that no one is watching you because the fact is God has left the Holy Spirit here that is not just with you but within you. You know, some of our friends are not even in the trenches of nastiness in their thoughts. They're just trying to figure out their next step, right? Do I go back to work? Do I stay at home? Do I look for another job? Or do I wait for the job that I have right now to figure out if they're going to hire me back? Some of us just need to trust that the Holy Spirit is not going to meet us on the other side of our right decision, but the Holy Spirit is right here on this side of decision-making, and the Holy Spirit will guide us into a way for us to experience abundant life. God's not waiting for us to make the right decision before he equips us. God has already equipped us where we are at. Let the Holy Spirit be your guide. In your notes... We have been talking about um, you cannot defeat what you cannot define. So in your notes, let's write down, we have to get clear and define what I can control. Can I get an amen somewhere that you and I can make a big old mess when we think we are in control? One of my favorite takeaways of this series is Pastor Rick had a box that was labeled God, just like this, and he had a box that was labeled God worries. And our responsibility, if we're going to have a clear mindset, is to remove things from the worry box and place it in the God box. Because you and I have a habit of delegating our mindset, our emotions, our decisions to a situation that we cannot control. Why not remove that and place it in the only thing that we can control, which is our mindset my story here is um, one of the cool things about pandemic is i have been able to worship with my sister who lives in louisiana and this was her favorite message Every week she would think, okay, is this a worry? I'm going to take my worry out of my worry box and I'm going to put it in the God box. And then the rule is that if you were going to take a worry out of the God box, you would have to say, God, you are not big enough to handle this. And it resonated with her. It was awesome. And then one day conflict came, as we can be assured it will. And her and her amazing husband were having a conversation about this very conflict. And before she knew it, her husband pointed to the inside of their house and said, go in there and get your box. He was saying, go get your God box and take your worry out. And she said, Cheyenne, it clicked. I had no idea that I had snuck a worry out of the God box and was carrying it with us. How many times do you and I do that? How many times do you and I give something to God who is definitely in control, but somehow we rationalize taking it out of the God box. Her excuse was, I just thought he needed my help with that. My excuse often is, is I have no idea how I ended up with what was in the God box. Like, I can't even tell you the trail. But can we, can we really understand this together? God does not need our help. He needs our trust. I'll say it again. God doesn't need our help. He needs trust our trust. And I get it. This season has been the most confusing season ever. You know how you were texting things and it auto-populates your emojis? This is the emoji that comes up most in my text feed. And it's the emoji that says, I don't know, you know, the one with the hands, your, your hands in the air? Yeah, that one. And isn't that true? Like, hey, what are you going to do for March? I don't know. What are you going to do for spring break? I don't know. April, May, June? I don't know. Do you want to hang out? I don't know the rules right now. Okay. Do you know how you're explaining math to your kids? <laughs> I definitely have no idea. But why do we start there? Why do we start with the things that we don't know? Why don't we start with love? Why don't we trust that the Holy Spirit is at work within us? Why do we start with political controversy? Why do we start with racial controversy? Why can't we start with the place of love where Jesus has shown us we should operate from? I get it. I'm the same. I understand. But we have a responsibility to not only define what we are trying to defeat, but also to get very, very clear on what we can control. And so in your message notes, you can absolutely write these down. We're going to put them on the screen. We have talked about defeating things and defining things, but let's really get clear on what we can control. And that is the direction of my thoughts. And we're going to put them up three by three. The direction of my thoughts. Thank you. We really can control that. We can also influence our thoughts by evaluating what I watch, read, and listen to. Guys, you have a choice in that. In the beginning of pandemic, I get it, I binge-watched Tiger King. That wasn't spiritually investing in the direction that God was calling me to go, though, you know? Like, in fact, it kind of made me a little sad for humanity. I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe we should be spending our time doing something a little different. Guess what? I can control what I post on social media. You really can. Please don't act like you have not ever written a text or designed a post and handed it to somebody and say, what do you think? Am I saying what what I think I need to say? You can control that. The next thing is, I can control who I spend time with. And believe it or not, I can control what comes out of my mouth, I can. And then I can control my boundaries to interrupt my negative thoughts. And if you don't believe all of that, believe what Jesus says, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We have a responsibility to figure out, are we going to allow our mindset to be ruled by impulse or insight? Are we going to allow our mindset to be ruled by love or disaster and disorder. The Apostle Paul has so many good pieces of advice. Here's another one. First Corinthians 14.33 says this, God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. We have a lot of chaos and disorder happening around us. We get to make a choice whether we allow God to be the God that he is or if we put God in the box of our mindset, which needs to be checked. And uh, I'm going to go a little rogue here. The band is so gracious. They've already come up. I've got a few more minutes, but I'm going to tell a new story. I'm a super A-type personality planner. God gave me this message that I thought was inspired and beautiful from him seven days ago. On Friday, my son tested positive for COVID-19. I spent Friday in prayer thinking, and this is how I wrestled with God. God, you gave me this message that is beautiful. I think people need to hear it. But if there's something that this season has taught me is that there's always an opportunity for me to be humbled. And so I made a shift. He's like, I have this new thing I want you to say, Cheyenne. I have this new thing that I'm doing in the hearts of people. I have this new thing that I'm doing in this world. And guess what? For you to be able to take off and do what I'm calling you to do, there might not be a lot of answers. There might not be a lot of clarity around you. There might not be a lot of clear instructions and rules around you. Why are you gonna start there? Don't start there. Start rooted in the great love that God has for all of us. Start understanding that no matter what is thrown at us, that the Holy Spirit is not only alive and well, but it is alive and well in us and within us. And the Holy Spirit will equip us and lead us and go with us no matter what we do. It is not a conditional relationship. The Holy Spirit and God will do what they are called to do in our lives. We just have to trust that we are going to free fall into a lot of chaos and we will be caught. Why do you and I start with chaos? When Canaan had to come home early, I have the bravest kids in the world. They are amazing. They show me God's love every single week. They did not fail. God did not fail what he was doing through them. When Canaan had to be picked up from camp early, I said, babe, are you sad you have to leave camp early? He said, no, mom. I had the most amazing time while I was there. I love home. I'm not sad. I said, Canaan, Are you scared now that you know that you have COVID? No, I'm not. And he can't articulate it, but I can see it. The work that we have done as parents and we are super imperfect. My kids are gonna need therapy just like yours. But again, they said some really cool things. I am not scared. They understand that God is with them. I have never been separated from my family more than six days. My mental health, my sanity depends on my husband who is my person, he is my everything. He grounds me, I experience God's love through him and to be told I can't see him while he is in quarantine. I can't start there, but I can start with the fact the Holy Spirit is with me, even though I am physically not with my person and not with my family, I am excited that I am not emotionally or spiritually alone, and that because of the love that my family has for God, I know that we are together, even when we are physically apart. To lighten it up a little bit, I'm an American. You shouldn't have to tell me to wear a mask. Why do we start there? Why don't we start right here? If it is important for you to experience love, God's love through me, you better bet I will wear a mask wherever I go. I don't start with me. We shouldn't start with me. We should start with what God has for us. You and I can make a big old mess when we start operating from a place of confusion. We have a responsibility to hit pause, look around, and chase clarity. And if you can't see where you're going, spend some more time in the Word. It's important to do. I pray that we all become more aware of God's presence in our life and the Holy Spirit that is alive in you to do the work that he is calling us to do, you are not alone. Because when we shed the lens of confusion and when we focus on what God is calling us to do, and clearly his love for us, we can confidently take a step in the direction with a clear mindset like this.
1: your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become And if you are needing prayer, if you're needing that extra moment, we invite you to go meet with our pastors at pathway.church forward slash crossing. I almost forgot that. But yes, that is where you can connect and continue to grow. And I hope everybody has a wonderful week. Amen.